G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. This is Andrew McLennan. Well, summer is almost here again in Australia and Samaritan's Purse is encouraging people to get bush fire ready. Each year, Samaritan's Purse responds to Australians affected by natural disaster. And this can include floods, storms and fires. And in the aftermath of each disaster, their team of volunteers witnessed firsthand the loss and trauma experienced by those impacted. More than 18 million Australians were affected in some way by natural disaster last year. And we have the Disaster Response Manager for Australia and New Zealand from Samaritan's Purse, Dan Stevens, with us today. Dan, welcome. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me. Dan, Samaritan's Purse, for any of our listeners that don't know what it is, can you tell us who Samaritan's Purse is and where you came from? Yeah, absolutely. So we are a uh, Christian nonprofit relief uh, organization. Um, we were started in the U.S., and our head, main headquarters is still there, but we've got offices all over the world, uh, including one uh, here in Australia. And, uh, yeah, pretty much the organization exists uh, kind of worldwide uh, to support the local church, uh, especially during times of disaster, um, wanting to put resources and um, you know funding in the hands of churches so that we can mobilize uh, Christian people to get out there and help their neighbors um, after tragedy and disaster. Yeah, and you didn't mention the uh, the name uh, in the Samaritan's Purse, the, the, the key founder behind it, Billy Graham. He started uh, Samaritan's Purse, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes out of the Graham family uh, through Billy Graham's ministry. Um, our, our current CEO is uh, Franklin Graham, who's uh, Billy Graham's son. Um, so, yeah, and it's, uh, it's a diverse ministry. I've found that uh, here in Australia, uh, most folks would know Samaritan's Purse for the shoeboxes, uh, the Christmas shoeboxes uh, that we pack, which is, you know, a, a, a fantastic thing. Um, but it's, uh, as, the, as the ministry is growing, we're finding there's more and more growth of our disaster uh, relief ministry, both here in Australia and internationally. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it feels like and it seems like to me that a lot of the Australian churches are now becoming more aware of social welfare and getting involved practically as well as spiritually. And I'm talking about the churches that were once known as the most spirit-filled charismatic churches. There seems to be a real push towards social welfare and helping practically. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll kind of tell you kind of shortly from my experience, you be you may be able to tell from my accent, but I'm not originally from here. Um, I'm, I'm American. I've been in Australia about about four years now. And um, through the work that I've been doing here with Samaritan's Purse and going around to different disaster zones following floods and fires and having conversations with people, um, probably the thing that I hear the most is um, people saying some some uh, some version of the story of how they maybe used to go to church when with their parents or grandparents, or they heard Billy Graham speak one time back in you know the fifties or something, but now for whatever reason um, they don't want to have a part of the church because of hypocrisy or scandal or any of that stuff, which you know unfortunately uh, makes sense for for a lot of people. 
So I think what I've seen is a really opportunity, um, especially during times of disaster, for the church to actually get out there and ask people, you know, what do you think the church should be doing? And typically, you know, if these churches exist, they really should be out there serving the needs of the most vulnerable and the needs of the community. So, um, yeah, I think that that's one of the things that hopefully we're seeing that these spirit-filled churches are beginning to realize how important it is to actually uh, be the, be the hands and feet and get out there and serve during their times um, yeah. of disaster and crisis. Absolutely, and it is happening, Dan. It is happening, and and you know Australia is a land of drought and flood. Um, it's always been that way. Well, since Europeans came here and started writing literature, we know that. Uh, they wrote about drought and flood. The, the weather patterns we're seeing in the last few years are nothing new in Australia. And if you study the our original uh, people group, the indigenous Australians, they were nomads. And I don't think they were nomads because they just like walking around. They were nomads because of the weather in Australia, that if they stayed in one place, they were going to experience an extreme drought or possibly a flood. So they learned to read the weather and the patterns in the land and, and nature around them. And they, and, they, and they moved according to the weather patterns. So this is the reality of Australia. Like I said, it's a, People in Australia are going to face some form of extreme weather event. It's just the way it is in Australia. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, we. I feel like we've seen that even the last few years, going from extreme fires back in you know 2019, 2020, going into floods the last couple of years. Um, yeah, it seems like there's always always some extreme weather events happening. Yeah, and I mean, like the stats said in my introduction, 18 million Australians were affected in some way by a natural disaster last year. I mean, that's a that's a big percentage of our population, my friend. I don't know how good your maths brain is, but uh, I definitely played up in maths at school. But what, what would you guess that is, about 70%? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, probably. If you think about, you know, all of the flooding that happened along the East Coast, you know, last year and the fires before that, and yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, I'll bet the uh, the amount of number of people that were probably living in a disaster zone or one that had been declared, um, yeah, was massive, and that's that's actually a shocking number to think about. Like 18 million Australians being affected. Wow, it's just kind of hard to, hard to wrap your mind around. Well, considering we've only got 27 million people, you know, that's uh, yeah, that's actually uh, two thirds. That's about 66, 70 percent of people. But uh, we mentioned Billy Graham's name before. Are you aware that Billy Graham still, I believe, holds the record for the amount of people inside the Melbourne Cricket Ground? You know, someone told me that recently, and I, I was, that's a that's a really that's a really cool fact to know. Actually, yeah, that's that's pretty it's pretty incredible. Yeah, he got a bigger crowd than the cricket players do or the AFL players because um, you know he was so popular. I mean, you should really look this up in the fifties in Australia. He was so popular that. Every city he went to, stadiums just packed out. And I'm not talking one or two days. Sometimes these things were going for weeks. And they allowed the, the audience of his uh, crusade in Melbourne to not only be in the grandstand, but to stand on the turf itself. So he had his stage right in the middle of the ground. And people were all around the stage, plus they were in the grandstands. I mean, they probably wouldn't allow it today. Just, I'm sure there's some law against it or regulation against it for workplace health and safety. But, yeah, that's why he holds the record. I think it was 120,000 people. I'd, I could be wrong on that. But um, Billy Graham definitely has a huge spiritual legacy in Australia. And now, thanks to Samaritan's Purse, you guys are continuing that on in, in a much more practical way as well. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what we're trying to do, um, especially from the, like you mentioned, the practical 
the practical side of the work. Um, yeah, we kind of really uh, kind of our 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 mission is really to come along and help the local church accomplish its mission. Um, most of these churches would say that they'd have a mission to like reach their community and to love and care for people and to be an act of goodwill and good service in the community. And um, kind of yeah, what we see is coming alongside them and saying trying to help with some of the resources and the equipping. Um, you know, especially during times of disaster, we've we've seen so, time and time again that churches play such an important role um, after a time of disaster or crisis in the community because they know where people are, they know how to connect with the local community, um, and um, yeah, they just have an army of people that are uh, have the right heart, have the right mindset, and um, yeah, just want to get out there and love and serve their neighbors. And you know, we've seen it time and time again how powerful that is. Yeah, absolutely. So. So let's talk about practicalities here, Dan. So let's. someone's listening right now and they're like, wow, I like this. I like what Samaritan's person is doing. I'd like to get involved uh, on a practical level in my area. How do they get involved in, and what would you sort of utilize people's resources and time to do to help practically after a bushfire, for example, this summer? Yeah, so, um, so what we would look at doing is um, looking at areas where Obviously, you've had homes or properties that have been affected by fire. And then uh, coming into those areas and mobilizing alongside the local church to try to, um, to try to get just the resources in people's hands. So we do it in a couple different ways. Um, sometimes we just provide the, uh, the resources like food and water and uh, blankets and stuff for people who have had to evacuate from their homes. Um, but we also will mobilize teams of workers to be able to get together and work on the properties to help clear fallen trees or debris um, or other things that the, that the property needs as well. Excellent. So, yeah, so you've really got a plan in place. So whenever a disaster occurs in Australia, you guys are just onto it. You jump on it and you just send your people and your resources in there and just do everything you can to, to help people. Yeah, yeah. So we have um, we, we actually have a, have a pretty large fleet of, resources that we that we utilize and put out during a disaster probably our kind of biggest and kind of flagship resources we have a we have a semi-trailer um that we call our disaster relief unit that's actually it's a actually a converted uh nascar trailer that has two levels upstairs downstairs has an office has its own water and power source it's pretty incredible and we're able to take that resource to a disaster zone and be completely self-sufficient. So if all the infrastructure in the area has been destroyed or been affected, um, we can come in and be self-sufficient so we're not pulling the resources from uh, from the disaster-affected community. Um, and with that, we've also got other smaller trailers and tools and all sorts of stuff to come in. And kind of our idea is to come in and kind of make that stuff available to the first responders on the ground. So kind of uh, we, we do come in with our own our own volunteers and our own resources, but probably about 70, 75% of the volunteers we use are from the local community. And we actually want to, we see it as our goal to equip them and uh, mobilize them uh, with the resources that they need to be able to serve. Incredible, yeah, I love it. I love the fact that you're local church-based as well that you're empowering churches to be a blessing in their community. So if someone's listening right now, Dan, and they're like, oh, wow, I'd like my church to maybe get on your database or just be on your list of potential churches to help in a crisis, how do people contact you? What should they do? So the best way to do it is through our through our website. We've got a web form on there that you can sign up and put in your information. And what that does, it, it gets you on our database 
of uh, potential partner churches. So what will happen is when a disaster happens uh, anywhere in Australia, and Samaritan's Purse is looking to respond, um, you'll receive an email that basically says, hey, this is what's happening, and uh, can, you, can, you, uh, can you come along and partner with us? And it provides different opportunities for how, how to get, in, get involved. Um, and for the church, um, we really have so many resources for churches. Um, when, uh, you know, I've, I've been doing disaster relief work for, you know, 14, almost 15 years now all around the world. And always the number one question that people ask me is, what can I do to help? And really what Samaritan's Purse is trying to do is to become a really easy answer to that question. So, hey, you want to help? You want to get involved? Just show up. If you can just show up to the site, we'll take care of the rest. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll give you tools. We'll give you equipment, resources, training, PPE. Um, we even provide food and accommodation for our volunteers. Um, just doing, doing everything we can to provide that service. Um, to first responders so that they can get out and serve. Incredible. Such a good work uh, you guys do. Now, that website, if people want to connect to you guys, is samaritanspurse.org.au. That's Samaritans with an S on the end of it, samaritanspurse.org.au. Dan, I want to thank you uh, for what you do, and I want to thank you, you know, you representing the whole of Samaritan's Purse for coming to Australia and being such a blessing. Just another example of the American church being a blessing all around the world, as the American church has done now for almost 200 years. So thank you so much for the work you do, Dan. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.